Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the upcoming Syracuse football season, and we'll be making some bold predictions. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today is Syracuse.com football beat writer, Stephen Bailey. Stephen, always a pleasure to have you on the program. No problem, Wes. I appreciate you having me on. Stephen, we'll get you started on this one. There's been a lot of turnover in the linebacker core. Zaire Franklin, Paris Bennett, who had been around for so long, are now gone. And there's a group of talented but inexperienced players to replace them. What do you make of this revamped group? Well, you know, I haven't seen enough from camp to be able to take away take away a ton. But on paper, I think this is the most concerning unit on the team. Um, you know, they really don't have any proven entities. They lost all four of their contributing linebackers from last season. Um, I think you've got some older guys and some younger guys who, who are all competing. Uh, I think a lot of guys are getting first team reps and, and, you know, ultimately the staff may kind of choose, uh, who, who plays based on particular matchups. You know, we've actually seen, uh, the Syracuse defense switch over to a 4-2-5 base. Um, part of that's because they play a lot of spread teams in the ACC, but, uh, part of it's also because they feel that generally speaking, they're better off um, with a fifth defensive back and putting Antoine Cordy in the nickel. And uh, right now Andre Sisco is coming out at free safety. So it, it's linebacker is clearly um, the weak point of this defense. I think the staff knows it. And uh, you know, they're going to try and do what they can to uh, to mitigate that disadvantage. Steven, another unit that's being revamped is the wide receiver unit. Syracuse losing Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips. How do they look so far to you, and do you see them being as productive as they have been in recent years? Yeah, so they've got um, Devin Butler's back, and he had some starting experience from last year. Uh, Sean Riley's played. Um, Jamal Custis has played a bit, but, but they don't have any really experienced players. Um, my general feel is that it's going to work out all right. Uh, you know, this system is is not too difficult for receivers, um, you know, compared to some of the other spots, and 
you know, Dino Babers hasn't really run an offense where the wide receivers, or at least one, hasn't had a huge year. So I think the production will come. Uh, you know, the, the key is going to be, you know, for the coaching staff to identify who, who presents their best chance at winning, and then what does that player do well. And when you think back to two years ago, they had on by the Paolo, Syracuse went over the top constantly, constantly throwing balls up to him because that was the spot on the field where I think the coaching staff thought they could do well. Uh, last year, you saw a lot more timing routes with Steve Ishmael because, again, that's the kind of play to their strengths. So is it over the top to Devin Butler or Nikeem Johnson? You know, do they like tight end Ravian Pierce, kind of uh, more in the intermediate game? Um, might a younger guy step up and, and, and show something? So I think they're still kind of uh, analyzing what they have. I think Devin Butler is kind of uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now, and, and he can do a lot of different things on the outside. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be about maximizing that talent because I think whoever's out there is going to produce. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, how, how can they best attack um, the defense they're facing. Steven, let's talk about the guy that's going to be throwing them the ball. Quarterback Eric Dungy, when he's been on the field, has been productive, but he's never finished a whole season before. Is his senior year going to be the one when he's still playing in November? Yeah, I mean, predicting injuries <laughs> in football is pretty much impossible, especially you know, if he's playing the ACC Atlantic. That's that's tough. I mean, this, this, they got the best, you know, some of the best defensive linemen in the country. This this year's crop is really remarkable. Um, you know, I think Eric is better positioned to stay healthy. He's up to 232 pounds. Uh, he's definitely got the best offensive line he's ever had here. They've got six guys with a year of starting experience. They added Coda Martin uh, as a graduate transfer from Texas A&M. He's probably going to start at right tackle. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe he won't take quite as much contact, but, you know, you can't, you can't predict it. You really can't. Um, I do think they're better prepared if he does get hurt again. Uh, redshirt freshman Tommy DeVito is, is – Certainly more capable than Zach Mahoney was the last couple of years. Um, you know, Syracuse really dwindled down the playbook with Mahoney in there, trying to try to play to his strengths, which they, which they should do. Um, but DeVito, you know, he's capable of, of making all the throws in the offense. You know, no, he doesn't have in-game experience, but he does have a, a solid understanding of the playbook and, and of the calls. So, uh, you know, we'll see if Eric stays healthy. If not, I think Syracuse does have a better chance of of winning, you know, games in November should they be a little shorthanded. Steven, we will get you out of here on this one. It's prediction time. Do you think Syracuse hits six wins and goes to a bowl game for the first time since Scott Schaefer's first year as head coach? You know, I, I've been going back and forth in five and seven and six and six all off season. And you get into camp and, you know, you hear everyone talking about, how, you know, who's going to be good and all these good things are happening. It's just natural, you know. It's just part of being around any team. Um, and I always feel like my win projection bumps up at that point. So, you know, I think it's going to be close. Um, I'll say six and six. And I think Dino's, uh, you know, history of success at Eastern Illinois and Bowling Green um, wants me to lean that way a little bit. Uh, but it's, it's, it's going to come down to November again, you know. It's going to come down to how healthy are they is. You know, is the defense not going to fall apart? You know, can they distribute some of the snaps earlier in the season to avoid key players breaking down? Um, and on the same side, uh, you know, same thing on offense. You know, don't you going to be healthier? Are there, you know, is the veto going to be healthier? Are they going to have the guys? Uh, because it's 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 tough. You know, there you go through the schedule, and aside from Wagner and then maybe UConn, it's not easy to just write in wins. Even a season opener at Western Michigan, you know, that's. 
that's going to be a tough game. Um, so, so I'll say six and six, but you know they're they're they've got their work cut out for them. That's for sure. Stephen, thank you so much for coming back on the program again. Stephen Bailey from Syracuse.com. Great job as always. Enjoy the season. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate you having me on. Always a great time talking to Syracuse.com, Stephen Bailey. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you. Looking forward to football coming up. Brad, I'm looking forward to it as well. And we've had ACC kickoff in Syracuse football media days. You were down in Charlotte. What are your biggest takeaways from these two events? Well, the, uh, it was a great uh, session to meet uh, everybody, see, catch up with all the head coaches, the folks from the ACC. It's kind of like the annual convention, if you will, for a couple of days. And talk to our friend Stephen Bailey down there about what his thoughts were, as you did uh, earlier, and really excited about talking Syracuse football with everybody. And my perception from the event was, as, as usual for Syracuse football, show us what you've got. That's what everybody's saying. The uh, the powerhouse or traditional schools, the Clemson, the Florida States, the North Carolinas, the Georgia Techs, the Virginia Techs. Show us what you got, Syracuse. Show us what you got, Pittsburgh. And they've kind of seen what Louisville's brought to the table. And now BC certainly rising in the Atlantic Division as well. And I think Dino Babers was pay- playing it a little bit coy this year. You know, last year was he was talking about, you know, we may surprise some people. Well, they certainly did an upsetting Clemson and then, of course, Eric Dungy's injury and everything fell flat in November. This year, he was more low-key about uh, things. And talking up his team, certainly as he should, because it's certainly the most talented team he's had in his three years, the most depth he's had in three years. He's starting to figure out the ACC and the opposing coaches a little bit better. So it was more about, you know, show us what you've got, Syracuse. Is this your year to break through? Well, let's see what happens on the field. Brad, summer practice is now officially underway for the football team. We're starting to see the position battles unfold and the best players emerging. What have you seen so far? Well, certainly excited because it always comes down to the quarterback, especially in college football, but I guess football in general for that matter. So, you know, Eric Dungy, uh, Tommy DeVito, uh, the, the freshman with, with uh, coming into the program with, with such great accolades, and certainly the focus begins on the quarterback position. Uh, then offensively, can Syracuse establish a running game? We know about the veteran offensive line. We know about the transfer help. We know about the veteran running attack. And we know about the weakness at wide receiver to offset, you know, trying to establish a running game. So certainly have concern about there's talent there, but it's raw. Will How long will it take to step up? Will Syracuse be able to take advantage of the four-game redshirt rule with some of these talented young players? Defensively, I really like the D-line. I really think they're going to make a lot of noise. I'm more confident about the linebacking core despite the lack of experience because these guys saw a lot of playing time last year, again, a lot of young talent there, and really enthused about the secondary uh, to come into its own this year uh, to be you know, playing the kind of pass defense you need to in the ACC. And I'm, I'm really content with special teams at this point. You have a veteran uh, punter. Uh, that's going to handle the kickoff duties. I think they've really worked hard on special teams, a little concerned about long snapper being hurt. But all in all, Wes, I think this Syracuse team, while they're not going to be NC State of a year ago, that kind of big surprise, I certainly think they're going to make a lot more noise than they did as a carry-through from beating Clemson last year by having multiple wins in the ACC that will raise some eyebrows. 
Brad, that's a perfect segue into my next question. Stephen Bailey was on earlier and talked about how Syracuse is between a 5-7 and seven and 6-6 six and six team. He took 6-6 six and six in a bowl game. Where do you stand? I, I would agree with Stephen there only because of that September schedule. I really think while Western Michigan is tricky, Syracuse has the better athletes. And I think you're going to see a surprise or two in that game from the Syracuse coaching staff. Then Wagner a win at home the following week. And then, of course, you know, Florida State tough, but then Connecticut should be three wins in September, really should. And giving Florida State all it can handle, and then, you know, a tough one down at Clemson to end that first month. So we're certainly going to know that first month. If they have three wins, I do believe they can get three other ACC wins and be at 6-6 six and six for the regular season. Brad, we are running out of show. Your closing thoughts. Well, I was looking over the Syracuse basketball schedule yesterday, Wes, and just kind of chuckling again as I looked at the previous year's schedule. I keep them all in Word documents year after year, and it's just uncanny about the matchups, the dates of the games, those pre-conference games. It's just so uh, incredible how this coaching staff has it down pat, how they have their schedule laid out exactly how they want it because they know then when it hits those 18 games in the ATC, boy, it's going to be really tough. So just want to – Mention about the schedule with some nice home games, St. Bonaventure and Georgetown in the non-conference. Just enough test at Ohio State and the neutral court games at Madison Square Garden, Connecticut, Oregon, and Iowa. So really uh, just wanted to give another shout-out to that coaching staff for putting the schedule together that's going to ensure this kind of seasoned veteran team is going to be right on target come NCAA tournament time. Brad, that scheduling is exactly what allowed them to squeak into the NCAA tournament last season as the final at-large bid. And Brad, my closing thoughts are on Bayheim's Army, losing in the Elite Eight to the Marquette alumni team. Brad, I think Kevin Belby has done a tremendous job putting together that Syracuse alumni team. I was in Brooklyn for their round of 32 and Super 16 games. It was so much fun, and I know they'll be back next year for another shot at $2 million. I just hope next year is the year they win it all. That's it for us. For Brad Beardman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that I own the world's worst thesaurus. Not only is it awful, it's awful. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network.